At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I, and I think Trump's eight-year plan didn't fall in line with the Republicans' 40-year plan. Like, he was the idiot to get them over the finish line in their 40-year plan, but I think Trump's eight-year plan was something different. <laughs> and oh, so absolutely. he only got four years because he fucked up their plan by his selfish greed. And even then, he only got two years because he fucked up royally, uh-huh. and the House basically, you know, he lost the House, right. and, and rightfully so. It is time now for something positive. Be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land, the truth the land, and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. And we've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. A way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Public Access America. Happy whatever that happy is to you. Uh, ahead of the show, ahead of the live stream, I always come in and check my audio and do a little uh, of this house cleaning and let you know that we just had a great recording over on YouTube at Inspirations Beyond Disabilities. Go subscribe there and check that out. It was a great two-hour conversation. It will end up being our podcast. You can find Inspirations Beyond Disabilities anywhere you find your favorite podcast, as well as Public Access America. You can find us on Public Access America uh, on YouTube, Instagram, and um, anywhere you find your favorite podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Player FM, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Victor Reader, Audible, Amazon Music. I mean, so many of them. Uh, hey, check out Adam Has a Beard. He is part of this show. He's part of our network, and he's an awesome show. I always love it. He's He brings humanism in, in a way that we just can't, although all of our podcasts tend to do that. Check out unsubscribe with Kai. She has had a bunch of just awesome episodes come out. And in fact, what we did was we recorded one night for two hours and then she took the first half and I took the second half for inspirations beyond disabilities. And we both made it a podcast. So it's this awesome thing where you can go to unsubscribe and listen to, uh, that episode and then come back and then listen to inspirations beyond disabilities and then come into public access America. And that's how it works. We are just a community of people doing some fun things and talking about it in a human way. And I am joined by Jeffrey every week to do that. You know, Jeffrey, I wanted to say, I just, my head gets ready for so many things What in ahead of the show. I'm never quite sure where I'm going to land, but I wanted to make sure to say, you know, 
this Christmas season, you've really been my gift all year. You've missed like two weeks. And one of them was a holiday, you know, that we just, nobody worked on. And the other one, your computer just went down. <laughs> so you've been, mm -hmm. you've been my gift this year and I really appreciate you. So thank you for that. And welcome to Public Access yeah. America. We're going to be joined in the second hour by Corbin from the Peace and Purpose podcast, which is cool. Jeffrey and I both agreed not to listen to it so that we could get to know him and then when i messaged corbin he was like i don't really want to have a plan i just want to get to know you guys so i think that's going to be really great you know and Ooh, that'll be fun i i did let adam know that he was welcome to join because he met corbin with me in a pre-interview hey podcasters here's a smart thing before you have somebody on your show do a little pre-interview it makes you all comfortable and then you know if you actually mesh and meld <laughs> so welcome join welcome welcome how is everything jeffrey oh it's you know things are great it's been pretty busy you know with work and everything yeah. and, but you know it's the run-up to the holidays everybody's trying to get their stuff done so they can go on break and mm. it's just the way that it goes you know i mean i don't blame them if i could get all of my stuff done to go on break that's what i would do too <laughs> it, it just shows that people will work harder when there's something in it for them you know what i mean oh i mean it's 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 definitely that too but also too like end of the year stuff is is always typically busy mm -hmm. like you know I'm, I'm fully expecting that over the next like two months i'm going to be absolutely slammed at work and that's you know it's people are trying to get things closed up people are trying to get things started i mean that's just kind of how it goes yeah yeah in a pandemic right it's just crazy. well i mean i mean even like you know given like fiscal year stuff it's just kind of mm -hmm. the way that it goes now when i worked in law for example yeah the month of december was usually freaking dead yeah nobody no no judge wanted to start anything that was going to go into christmas <laughs> and you know it was no no lawyer wanted to start anything that was going to go into christmas either it was just kind of one of those things is that is you know that that bring is that why they scheduled steve bannon's thing for like april is because they just didn't want to do it during the holidays i never even thought no. i never even thought of that you know I wouldn't I wouldn't say that necessarily. I would say that it kind of boils down a lot of it boils down to just courts being short on staff mm -hmm. a lot of the times. You know, even like even when you don't want to do something during the month of of December, like depending on where you're at and and what court it's got to go through, sometimes it's like, you know, hey, yeah, we can continue this, but the next time we're going to have any type of open on a opening on the dock, it's going to be like April and you're like, well, yeah. okay guess that's guess that's what we got yeah when i worked in a factory everybody would take january they would take their three weeks in january i always took it the week of thanksgiving and then between christmas and new year's because then you could stretch your like five days into nine days or 12 days so right and then people were always like oh that's not fair and i was like it's totally fair <laughs> absolutely no that's i mean like so like where i work i'm required to take um five days consecutive off mm -hmm. which is great you know it's that's something that they recognize it's like hey you've got to do this to keep your to keep yourself healthy to keep yourself motivated mm -hmm. they they don't put any conditions on when you take your consecutive five days off yeah. so i do mine right before uh labor day so uh 
I get the week off and then I get an extra day off for Labor Day and I got the two weekends there. So I end up with like 10 days off. It's beautiful, right? Because the brain doesn't shut down because you have a day off. I mean, it takes a couple of days no. to unwind from the work mode to the personal mode and then I, to the relaxing mode, you know? <laughs> I wish that was the case. My vacations always end up as working vacations. Yeah. Well, your mind never stops. That's the thing, you know? Oh, no, it, it really doesn't. And and like, that's one of those things. Like, I don't know if people ever really know that about me is this that it's like, I can't turn this thing off most of the time. And, and, you know, when I was on the wrong medication, it was even worse because it wouldn't shut off. Right. You know, now I at least sleep at night. So there's that, you know, and I sleep really well at night mm-hmm. for the most part. But <clears throat> man, there were some times seriously where, you know, it's like, all right, you know, I'm going to finally lay down and I'm going to get some rest. And like all of a sudden 3 a.m. It's like you have this idea for this project that you're working on. You need to write this down and you need to think about this all. Mm-hmm. It's like, but I just went to bed like three hours ago. Can this yeah. wait? And brain's like, nope. I'll try to remember it. No, you won't remember it. You'll, I'll try. No, give me keywords. Nope. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It's like, all right. Well, and, and I mean, and a lot of times too, like when I, when I take vacation, I end up working on different projects. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, sometimes I'm working on stuff for, for other people. Sometimes I'm working on stuff for home. Like it just kind of is one of those things where I never really, I never really shut down, yeah. even mm-hmm. though like I want to my, and, and, you know, normally like during the pan, you know, before pandemic times, normally I would end up like taking a week off and I'd you know, either go out to Montana or uh, go see uh, a buddy of mine out in Spokane. And, you know, I'm, I, I miss doing those things. Um, Some of it is, you know, some of it is like, you know, could I have gone out to Montana for a week and, and done that this year? Yeah, I actually could have, you know, cases were low. I was vaccinated. That would have been fine, but I had projects at home I needed to work on. So it was kind of one of those things where it was like, I couldn't do anything anyways. So like I had to work on stuff at home. So it's like, well, Hmm. shit. Okay. Well, I guess, you know, at least instead of trying to fit this in, in my nights, I can just get this knocked out in a week. So, right. If you just get it done, you can actually relax, but there is no done. (laughs) (laughs) No, and people, you know, and especially like, you know, and this is one of those things where it's like, you know, we talk about, you know, people, you know, being able to own and afford homes. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. There is a convenience about living in an apartment that you will never have to deal with as a homeowner. That's right. Like stuff, I either have to fix it or I have to hire somebody to fix it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily I have the ability to fix a lot of things myself. But there's a lot of things that, you know, I won't be able to fix. And so then I have to save up money in order to get that taken care of. Whereas, you know, living in an apartment, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, hey, this broke. Oh, I'll just call maintenance and have them come deal with it. Right. I think, you know, and this is something like funny enough, like one of my kids and I, we got on the conversation of living in apartments because they see what trying to keep up a house looks like. Mm -hmm. They're like, this, this sucks. Like, why would we, why, what's the incentive in doing this? And I said, well, I mean, the incentive is, is that you own your, you own your own property. You can, you don't have neighbors that are like right over in the next wall, bouncing their head off the wall at the middle of the night. And you're like trying to get some sleep. And honestly, like apartment living would be great if they actually soundproofed apartments. Like if you couldn't hear your neighbors above, below, left, right, diagonal, like honestly, 
as somebody who owns a home, I'd be hard pressed to not want to live in an apartment sometimes. Yeah. You got to do your research. Like if, if that though. were the case, you got to spend like a weekend at an apartment complex. Cause you're just, you got to talk to the people you got to, because there is so many variables to what could, could, or couldn't make a great apartment. But I see my friend said, you want to get, buy a house? And I was like, no, to me, that's just buying a coffin on the planet. You know, like I, I can't move anymore. I'm stuck there till I die. And I don't want that. I want the option probably like your kids do to be like, you know what? I want to move. And the less I have, the easier that is. So, well, there's, yeah, and that's, that's, that's also part of the thing too. I was, I'm, I've always been somewhat of a minimalist mm-hmm. um, in terms of what I have. And, and that's fine. You know, I, I don't ha- you know, Debbie has a lot of like, uh, Debbie's got a lot of stuff and, and, you know, it's a lot of, it's great. Like a lot of it's, yeah. out right now because it's christmas well and they're and they're an artist and their art is probably absolutely awesome and they've got they've got oh yeah no I'm, I'm literally looking at paintings uh you know they ended up painting a friend and i mm-hmm. said honestly if i didn't know who you were painting i'd say your friend looks like a young arnold schwarzenegger i mean it looks damn good right you can see that stuff you know, on, their, on their instagram i i'm following them if you go to my instagram you'll find dev a dev i'm just not quite sure how what what her tag is, what their tag is, but it's, um, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, divide Okay. Cause yeah, that is, I'm, I'm constant. That's why I go on Instagram still is to see their pictures. So, oh yeah, no, they, their art is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what, I will say that, you know, given where the place that we found, you know, it really makes a difference. We're in a good place. You know, the kids have, you know, the kids are in a you know safe location. Yeah. There's a few wish list things that need to get taken care of, like, you know, aesthetically and mm-hmm. uh, like, I, like I'd love to get a fence and get the backyard taken care of. So that way I can just kick the dog outside and let the dog do dog things. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. And, uh, I, you know, wish that, you know, uh there's a few other things that i'd like to do like um we have this weird rail that runs down our driveway and i found out it's because you know we don't have like so we're kind of a little bit up a hill not really a whole lot but when it gets icy mm-hmm. like you, you're falling down that fucking hill and and so that's what <laughs> happened with one of one of the elderly uh previous owners of this house is he fell and he hit his head and so he had these rails installed so uh-huh. that way he could walk down to the mailbox and i'm like man, I would have rather, I would have rather put steps on the side of the driveway and then that rail over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's something that I'll probably end up doing at some point is, is, you know, landscaping in some steps. So that way you can walk down to, uh, walk down to the mailbox to go check the mail or, and then also like build a, an actual level platform. So our garbage cans aren't sitting, our garbage and recycling <laughs> and all that's not sitting on our fucking driveway. And I have to sit there and like, you know, because mm-hmm. I tell, you know, it's funny because like where, where, where I'm parked, like I have to like angle my car. So that way it's like, okay, we're going to start pulling out, angle my car to avoid the garbage cans, but also avoid Debbie's car and then zip back around. And Debbie's like, I need you to back out your car. I'm like, what? It's like, I'm half blind and you want me to back out my, okay, sure. whatever. It's funny where that comes in handy, right? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, growing up on a farm, I, growing up on a farm, I got used to backing out solely with mirrors uh-huh. with big trucks. Yeah. So like, I, I just can look at my mirrors and go, okay, zip, zip. And all right. I still like kind of suck at parallel parking, but whatever. We can't all be superheroes. It's just funny that like, I've been, we've been doing this a year and you have never pulled that card out. You know what I mean? But it's just so funny. Like, this is the time when Jeffrey's like, I'm half blind. Can't do that. <laughs> 
Oh, it, you know, and that's the thing is, is like, like for me, it's like, you know, I still can, I can still see pretty well, mm-hmm. but like, I also know that I'm one accident away from being completely fucked right. and not being able to see it all. Me too. But so it's, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, I have to, you know, it is what it is, but of course, like, you know, other people have used it as an excuse for, you know, reasons why I can't do certain things. Like it was, mm-hmm. you know, one of the several reasons I couldn't go into the military. Right. It was because there was no fixing it. And, uh, you know, it is what it is, whatever. Um, gotcha. my, my roommate was like, I was like, I'm going to go clean the cabinets out. And he's like, I just don't want you to do that. Cause I don't know if you can see well enough to do that. And a light bulb went off in my head and I was, you're right. You know, I, I don't even know if I can clean my toilet or my shower. And he's like, I'll do that for you. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> Next to me, like, I don't know if I can see well enough to wipe my own ass. Right, <laughs> right. You're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> exactly. I, I can't see this mole. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> what is this bulging thing in the front of my pants? I can't see. No. Uh, anyways. <laughs> but what I, what I love is th- what I think, I want to get across, especially ahead of the holidays, is that like all your people are that gift, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. I people always say, what do you want for Christmas? And I tell them you you gave that to me during the year. I don't need a gift. So I don't know. I like people are saying that I I have an issue with Christmas, that I hate Christmas. I don't. I have a Christmas spirit. It's just people don't celebrate Christmas the way I do. And I don't force them into my way of thinking. Although I really wish Mm -hmm. they would come to my side. And it's only that, you know, I've lost a lot of people on the holidays. My mom had a stroke on Christmas, New Year's, my uncle died on Thanksgiving, you know, my wife passed away. There's a lot of people I like to remember during the holidays, those people that mm. were gifts in my life and that are gifts in my life. And so as an adult, I don't I don't want material gifts because I get what I want. You know what I mean? And so I just don't understand the gift giving aspect of Christmas as adults. Children need things, right? Like they need things, they want things, and they can't, they don't have the means yet to get those things themselves, and they can't grow unless they get those things. So I love that Christmas is there for children and the positivity and the hope that it brings and the traditions mm-hmm. and everything. But as an adult, a single mm-hmm. adult, I really just don't see like giving gifts in the traditional way. Like I told Adam, I was like, I'm going to get get you a $50 gift. You're going to get me a $50 gift. And Hey, Adam, thank you for these lights that I got. You know, they were only 31 bucks. So, and Adam got me lights. I don't know what I got him, but I like that. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You know, and, and you know, for like, you know, my mom, my mom's been trying to figure out, it's like, well, what do I get the kids? And I'm like, honestly, mom, I live with them all the time and I don't even know what to get them. You know, right. they, they have specialized wants and needs now, and it's not something that socks and underwear can fix. I mean, granted socks and underwear are always great mm-hmm. gift, whether or not people want to believe that. Uh, but you know, when it comes to like what they want, what they need, you know, at this point, I'm very much in favor of letting them decide what they, what they want to spend their Christmas money on and, or what they need to spend their Christmas. Right. Money on. You know, I've, uh, with my, with my eldest, I helped them buy their tablets. So that way they could do, uh, Instagram art, Mm. you know, so they've, they've dug into, you know, uh, digital drawing and animation 
And you know what? That's great. That's what they that's what they wanted to pursue, and they're doing it day in and day out. And I think that's fantastic. And that's a gift. If that's but that's like that's awesome. Exactly. Your encouragement was the gift, though. It wasn't. It wasn't the, the material possession. It was the encouragement of it. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and that's just it. Is is that? It's like, look, you can spend your money on whatever you want. You want to spend your money on books? By all means, spend your money on books. You want to spend it on clothes? Great, spend it on clothes. Mm-hmm. You want to spend your money on on uh, a tablet so that way you can draw? Great, do that. Right. You know. And so it's like, you know, I help them. I help them find what they were looking for. Help them pick it out. Help them get it. And then now they're like, you know, they draw a lot. And, you know, now they're starting to realize it's like, oh, well, we didn't spend a whole lot of money on this. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to see the limitation. I said, yeah. I said, you know, when I started playing guitar, I started playing with what I had available to me. Right. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was enough to learn whether or not this was something that I wanted to continue. And then from there, I saved up my own money and I bought a really expensive guitar. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference is, is that, you know, if this is something that you really want to do, it's like, I want to help you find out if that's the case. Yeah. And then from there, now it's up to you to be able to start figuring out how you want to save money to get maybe something a bit more professional. You know, I actually, I've done that five times. I I keep like a $90 guitar in the house, you know, because I want to learn guitar. But when I meet somebody, you know, we're hanging out and I've had that where kids are like, I want to learn to play guitar. And I'm like, I'll give you a guitar. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, here, you know, there's just a $90 guitar. I'll find one on sale for 45 bucks and buy another one, but here, start it out. And I've done that like five or six times. And it feels really good to see those kids like actually on an upgraded guitar playing. Cause that meant it meant something, you know? And that's, and that's just, it is, is like, and especially cause like, you know, the oldest had to spend their money on, on the gift, mm-hmm. you know, and I spent a little money on it as well to help, you know, get the whole thing funded. And that's, you know, it's fantastic. That's been absolutely exciting yeah. for him. And it's been something that has, I would say, you know, especially in the midst of a pandemic, given them a creative release and being able to do certain things, mm-hmm. you know, it's you know, are there issues with my kids staying up too late because they're either drawing or reading stuff that they want to draw? Yeah. yeah Cause they're, but you know they're what? your kids and inspiration comes from motivation, which you've shown. You know? <laughs> and, and on top of that, it's like, you know, it, it would be one thing if my kids weren't getting the grades and they were struggling with that mm-hmm. and I'd have to kick their ass for that stuff. Then I would absolutely, you know, there would be different. My kids are straight A students. They're mm-hmm. AB students. And it's like, you know what? look, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to tell you, Hey, get some sleep because you know, you need to keep your mind sharp and that's how you keep your mind sharp. Right. But I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to rag on them too much. If, if, you know, they're doing the work and getting the grades that I know that they're capable of. Definitely. And that's the difference. It's like knowing your kid, you know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up with kids that they were C students and that was, you know, that was as good as it was going to get for them. And you know what? That's fine. Yeah. Where, what you know that's one of those things like what's the matter with being average oh i don't what's, what's I just, the matter with that i just don't know if school is actually the barometer of intelligence i just think it's some basics basics that we need to learn to survive in the world you know but i don't think like i don't think that's, it's well, meaningful because i didn't pass history with an a or a c that i understood history you know <laughs> Well, and that's, and, and, and we have that conversation here all the time. It's like, great. You know, I'm glad that you learned how to do multivariate equations. Mm-hmm. Now tell me when's the next time you're going to use it. Uh, like, look, 
I am a fucking researcher. And the last time that I had to use a multivariate equation was in college. I was watching a show and this guy's like the way they put these bricks in the size of them and the shape of the pyramids. He was like, that can't be done without calculus. And I was like, there's where you use calculus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's like, yes, there's a, there's a, it's, there's a base for it, but I would rather a kid spent five years deep researching food if they love food, you know, and learning everything they could know about nutrition and then going, Oh, I know everything I'm bored now. Ooh, science. I want, I want them to take an interest. A kid will always get an A in what they're interested in and a C in what mm -hmm. they're not. And school doesn't offer you the options of the, the, the range of possibilities that kids could be interested in. And I would say that, you know, school has changed a lot since probably the time that you were. Oh, in high I used and a typewriter, dude. <laughs> well, and even like the times that my, you know, the time that my parents were in high school, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the reality was, is that they, you know, they started bringing some of that stuff back around and they call it quote unquote life skills. We, you know, we called it home ec. Right. Consumer math, you know, home ec, um, wood shop, exactly. stuff like that. Yeah. Things, you know, and, 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 you know, like, you know, high schools change to prepare kids to go to college. And it's not that it's wrong. I actually like the idea of Germany's track where they have two different tracks that you take. There's the, I'm going to college track and I'm going into the trades track. Mm -hmm. And I would really, and I would love to see that expanded here in the U S look, Me too. not everybody needs to go to college. And, and it's not to say that, you know, it's gasp, you know, Oh my God, how could you not want somebody look, you know, specialized education is for people who are going to do specialized jobs. Right. And a trade is a specialized education, whether you want to admit it or not. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, <laughs> it's just a lot of people go into the workforce and industrial um, things or union things, um, construction things, and they, they start as drivers and then they become apprentices and then they go to a trade school to learn the craft completely, the HVAC guy. And then that's how you get those people. And you want them to continue their education. You don't want them locked into that low level paying delivery job because there is no path for him right. to go forward. You know, and that's the thing is, is like, if we can start that path earlier for somebody who's like, you know what, mm -hmm. this looks all right. This isn't terrible doing, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we're going to need people in construction. We're going to need people in HVAC. Yeah. Like, like we've talked about several times as green energy becomes more and more prevalent. Mm -hmm. We're going to need people that are able to install, maintain, repair green energy systems. And I think that's going to be something that's vital to the national economy, especially if we do like what I would hope we would do is move towards microgrids where, you know, yeah. if you, you know, you, instead of having this, oops, I fucked up the entire East coast and West coast and well, Texas pulled to Texas, right? You could, you could literally have all of these smaller different grids that are connected. And mm -hmm. if something fucking happens in one space, rather than having one connection in and one connection That's out, right. now you've got multiple smaller connections in, in multiple locations, and you're less likely to see massive failure. Because my house is also powering my neighbor's houses and their houses are powering my house and their neighbor's house. And then, so if one goes down, there's always 
power right there. I like that. Yeah, of course. And like I was telling, and, and like I've had the conversation with my mom, I'm like, mom, you realize that if there was just one wind turbine in Ritchie, you know, Montana, where I'm from, mm-hmm. you guys would probably, you guys would probably never have to worry about whether or not you'd have power because the wind is always fucking blowing in yeah. Eastern Montana. You would have, and my mom laughs and goes, yeah, that's true. You would have a surplus of energy that you could then sell or uh, that wind turbine could be subsidized. A lot of farm communities are making hundreds of thousands of dollars because farmers are putting wind turbines on their land and it generates an income for that entire community. And that's what's so cool. And guess what? That community uses that money and the taxes generated from that to do what they want in their community. They don't then send it to um, Joe Biden who says, okay, here, take 7% of that and do what you want with it or do a very specific thing with it. So that's community. That's the community involvement we need. And I like that. But what we also need is that tradesman to have college available so that he can then become a businessman and then run his own Mm -hmm. business and then employ people that, and that the cycle continues that way, you know, you know, and that's, and that's where like, there's so much that you can do Mm -hmm. like between trade school, between uh, two year degrees, you know, when I think of four-year degrees, I think of somebody who's going to, you know, be mid-level management at, you know, medium to large size companies. Yeah. When I think of master's school, I think of people who are moving on to become researchers. And of course, you know, doctorate degrees, these are people that are trying to answer hard truths of the universe. Settled education though, right? Exactly. I don't I don't know how else to say it. It's stuff that we already know that you you need to be um it needs to go into your mind. But if you're learning business or social media in your first year, it's not relevant in your fifth year a lot of times. Right. But so like a doctor or a lawyer, there's things that are settled knowledge and that's what you need to learn in a college. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and guess what? That's, that's great. You know, I watched my mom go from being a seamstress at 40 years old to working on mail servers in, in, in a Linux format in a, you know, in a regional telecom company. It's, you know, that's, and, and all through two years school. So like the reality is, is that there are ways for people to get better at business, better at technology, better at trades and maintain short paths yeah. to be able to do that. And, and, and I really hope that we start to look at that as a place of serious investment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, Me too. it's there's, and innovation, please. Oh, absolutely. And and that's the thing is, is like, I think, I think, you know, especially like for me growing up, a lot of us saw these two year programs back in the day as a joke because they were kind of a joke. They were like, here's some super easy classes. Uh-huh. You know, there's, there's, you're not really going to learn anything special. It's kind of like high school 2.0 because you didn't get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. And now that they've started to like really specialize, it's like, you know what? You, people don't need high school 2.0. They need something that helps them get what they're going to do off the ground. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, everybody. My name is Jason from Public Access America. 
My name is Adam from Adam Has a Beard. My name is Corbin Elliott, and I am with the Peace and Purpose Podcast. And you can find any of our podcasts anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Brilliant, gentlemen. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I wish I have this image of classes, like just 50 classes and a kid goes on the screen, picks a class, does it, completes it, and then moves on to another level of that class. Or he can do up, you know, level one classes and then, you know what I mean? And it's like a little Mm -hmm. completion game. I think completing things is, well, that's always been my goal. I want to learn it. I want to knock it out. Like the matrix, you know, he sticks the needle and he's like, I know Kung Fu. That's what I thought about Dan was like, he's like, "Mm." We know vaccines. You know what I mean? And I thought that was so right. cool. But if if Dan didn't go to college, he would be screaming right now, I just discovered penicillin, because he would have to be learning science on his own up until that point. Right. But he went to college and in right. one one five minute, you know, explanation, he learned what penicillin was. He didn't need to re- rec- recreate that. So he's standing, yep. he's standing on information of giants and somebody is going to learn from him and go even higher. That's what science is learning more based on what we already know. You know, you know. That's, and that's one of those things like, in you know, as, especially as a scientist, you know, we always, a lot of people have been using the phrase, you know, trust the science or, or question the science and they use it in such weird ways. Uh-huh. Like, to a certain extent, you trust the science. Why? Because you're using settled methodology that can be, that is well, well written down, well studied and peer reviewed and proven that somebody else can take your work and get the same answers as you do and right. not question your methodology. That's questioning, you know, that's questioning new science, not and that's well and when we say question the science that's what we you know that's what you know you've got people that are saying question the science as a means of saying don't trust the vaccines or don't trust this or that or the other thing and you got people who are saying just trust the science and it's like mm. that's not how science works either you don't just be like yeah. well okay somebody did science and no. that's you know you question new you know, science with old science <laughs> this is what we you know question- you don't, this doesn't fit with what we know now we have to go and do your math you know what I mean? Yeah, you question you 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 trust science by doing more science, right. and you question science by doing more science. But doing more and science isn't inventing new science; it's using old science to make it's new using science. The, it's using a method, right, a tried, right, true and proven method, right, in order to ensure that what a person did not only was it accurate but it's rep it's you can replicate what was done exactly and if you can't replicate it you throw it out and you go back to what you have Mm -hmm. i just somebody was like why is the choice um getting the vaccine getting sick getting fired because you can't go to work instead of and i was and i was like i had to explain to him you don't need to be the infectious disease twitter expert let those people be the infectious disease twitter expert like work to your strengths not your weaknesses you're not a scientist obviously (laughs) right so don't try and talk science and i wanted to get that through because i think i am the one person on twitter that actually once a week stands up for what he says during the week you know what i mean if you don't know it trust people that do know it i don't know it but i trust dan right 
you know, and that's the thing is, is that you also know that there's a series of experts out there that if Dan were to come up with something, they're going to question Dan mm-hmm. and they're going to try whatever it is he's doing. And they're going to let Dan know whether or not he got it right. Yeah. And if he didn't get it right, Dan's going to go back and go, all right, let's redo this. Right. Cause I still think this holds up, but let's get it right. Even during the week, I was like, is what we said standing up and to the information we're getting now, you know what I mean? Can I still promote this on Thursday, having recorded it on Sunday and new information coming out? And honestly I could, because it was a great thing, but no, do I know what he meant by fold? You know what I mean? Not exactly, Mm -hmm. but do I know enough of the words that he used to know that he was on the right path of honesty? Yes. That's the thing. I knew most of what he was talking about, which meant, I could trust the stuff that I didn't, you know what I mean? And that's, you know, for me, it's like, do I understand everything there is to know about immunology? Oh, hell no. no. Are you kidding? But when we talked, when we talk about the mathematics of the virus and the mathematics Mm -hmm. of immunology, yes, I understand the mathematics because it doesn't matter. Math is the same across every discipline. Right. And so, you know, and, and that's where Dan and I, you know, can really, you know, work and feed off of each other's is that when we talk about the mathematics of it, you know, what he says makes sense to me because like mm-hmm. he's, you know, when he's working with people, he's got people like me that are literally running these calculations and making sure that, you know, what's happening is making sense. And Dan has to know this stuff too. He's right. the one that has to come up with it, but he has, I'm sure Dan has people that check his math. Right. <laughs> I mean, we, everybody should and, when you're, yeah. when you're dealing with, with stuff like that. And not once, and, I don't think not once did Dan say, this is fact. You can't dispute it. Don't question it. You know, he kept it open and broad. And I really like that. We talked about vaccines overall, the history of viruses, like these things mm-hmm. matter in the conversation, but we all just shout out headlines at each other and we don't go further into it. We don't have that base knowledge that I think falling backwards into live attenuation offers people. Nobody had that conversation with people. They were right. just, here's a virus. It's here. It's attacking you. We got to stop it. Well what, well, what happened? What brought us to that point? Well, it, was, it came from China, but no, no. How, what, what is it? Where did it come from? Like space? <laughs> and now we're back. Right. We're trying to backfill our information with facts that are going forward and it's not working. We never had that back conversation that we, we had with Dan. And so I think it's important and I think more podcasts should be having these conversations in that way, you know? Well, and, and then you know, the thing about like what Dan reads, for example, I mean, I'm not going to say that the average person is dumb, but the average person isn't going to understand the complexities of what Dan reads right. in most cases. Like even me as a scientist, as a math person, as a data analyst, yeah. I'm not going, I'm not going to understand the complexities of what Dan reads. Right. Like I'm a very well-read individual and I, you know, personally have a lot of additional strengths when it comes to understanding mm-hmm. different aspects of the scientific community. But, you know, I don't have that same specialized knowledge. And there's a reason why it's like we trust certain individuals that have certain specialized knowledges. It's not because we think they're the end all be all. It's because this is what they do. This is what they study. They're not the only person in their field. They're learning off of those who came before them 
and teaching those who come after them. And, you know, I was just thinking what I do is I look at laws, proposed laws all day. Like I look at a different, like the freedom to vote act. I look at the John Lewis act. I'm always looking at these acts because they're being proposed. And what I really think a conversation needs to include is the three of us, somebody that knows the science, the somebody that knows the numbers that are relevant. And that's somebody that could actually create a policy based on that. You know what I mean? Well, and that's, and that's, you know, there you fall into public policy mm -hmm. and, and there is a, there's very much a, a realm for that out there. Like, well, we learn so we can use it in practical ways, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. Thank you for listening to public access America. I was just thinking to myself, Trump is turning into a shrink. Do you, are you old enough to remember what a shrinky dink is? Oh, I know. I know. All right, good. Are. Then I can short that. Like Trump, I think is becoming a shrinky dink. And I want, I wondered, I wanted to ask you, what do you, what do you, mm, I have a future. I had a vision and it's normalcy, which by the way, sucked for people, you know, <laughs> and I see this coming back normalcy. And I wonder how we're going to handle that with all this frustration. But I think Donald Trump is becoming a smaller and smaller influence on our body politics at large. And I think it's the media basically keeping his specter alive in a way. I know he's still there and he's still making noise. I don't just don't think he's as relevant as the media makes him out to be. And I wonder what are we going to do when rhetoric turns to opportunity and solutions are there to propose instead of just anger? You know what I mean? Are people going to turn to that or are they just going to feel safe and that somebody's taking care of it? You know what I mean? What do you see the future without Donald Trump as? At some point, you know, outrage politics is going to give way to people who are just fucking tired of the, uh -huh. and, and that's, and that's really what it boils down to. And, and I, from what I can, what I can gather, what's going to happen is, is those people that are pushing outrage politics are going to get pushed further out to the left and to the right. Yep. And a bunch of people in the center are going to be like, all right, I'm fucking over this. This is dumb. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we've been beating our heads against the wall for a long time. This is, this is not working and we've got to come, we've got to figure out what we're going to do with this. And mm -hmm. you're going to have a bunch of screaming and wailing and crying and calling each other's rhinos and dinos and all this other fun shit. And eventually what's going to happen is, is that those voices are still going to be there screaming, but people are going to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Same shit, different day. Right. Go back to your little so, website. <laughs> you know I mean? Right. Yeah. It's just that, unfortunately, I think the issue at hand, what is stopping that from happening faster is the fact that you have media outlets still diving in and talking about Trump for 55 minutes out of 60. Right. And, and, and until people decide that they're done saying his name mm -hmm. and that they're done dealing with his politics right? and they stop giving him a platform, it's not, you know, and, and, and he's going to scream and cry censorship and a bunch of people that follow him are going to say the same mm -hmm. thing. And it's like, look, you're not interesting. You're not newsworthy. Right. Like you're not censored. We just ain't covering you. Right. There was a, there was a DJ in Chicago man cow. And he said, he said he did stupid stuff. He picked on a mentally challenged kid one day and people were like, you can't 
do that. And he said, look, love me or hate me. You're still, that's attention. But if you ignore me, I'm irrelevant. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. And that I learned in that moment, we don't need to pay attention to Donald Trump. He's like Freddy Krueger. He's like it. He draws his power mm-hmm. from the attention we give him. Why are we giving him the attention when he has no power? You know? Exactly. And 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 that's just you know that's what this is is, is that the more attention you don't don't uh, don't feed the gremlin after midnight. Right. That's really what it boils down to. You know, and 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 until people stop doing that. And, you yeah. know, I, I think, you know, as you probably saw, there was, there was a nice release of text messages that showed just how much some people were really worried about things. And despite the fact that they keep saying otherwise on their fucking media platform. I tweeted to Sean Hannity, by the way, when dealing with a public of- official, you cannot expect privacy. <laughs> you know, like you're the news. You should know that. And there was no dispute. There was no like mob of mega people that came after me. You know what I mean? And I, so I asked him, why would you want a government that has too much privacy? Right. Oh, absolutely. And and that's the thing is, is like, you know, I would, I fully expect, you know, that sort of open, uh, that sort of open communication and transparency mm-hmm. with the people on, on the left. Like if, if, you know, fucking, uh, Rachel Nada was texting Biden directly. I would want to know exactly what was going on there. Why? Yeah. Because you know what? If Biden's an elected official and he is not privy to the same privacy that you know a bunch of people think that they are. Right. We're paying you know? for that house. We're paying for that phone. We're paying for the fax machine. So yes, we get to know about all of it. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, I don't really, I don't really care, you know, and, and that's another one of those things, like this whole assertion on executive privilege. And I'm like, yeah. no, you know, there's, there's some things that absolutely like, I mean, I can understand why you want to keep things secret, like, especially if we're talking like military operations, right. or if there's some type of, if there's some type of intelligence gathering, that's really going to affect how the United States is going to operate. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. There's some things that uh, should be uh, kept secret, but in terms of that, I'm sorry. I don't see that as a thing, right? The president gets advice from advisors and that's what falls under executive privilege. So if the, if the president said, Hey, Jeffrey, what is the, what's the worst outcome from bombing Iran? You would say millions are going to die and this and that. That doesn't make it your view of what should happen. It just tells him what might happen if he does that. So it's not your opinion, and that's why it's covered, because you're being asked to um, portray a scenario that isn't your belief, right, sometimes. Well, and... and- and and but the thing is is that you know even even as somebody who can understand it it's like i want to know what what the information is that he's getting oh, so yeah. like, for example like you know what's the worst that could have happened i mean have you seen what's happened in fucking iraq and afghanistan like i want to know what the fuck advice somebody got from from that to think that was a good idea oh, yeah. because that person did not know what the fuck they were doing clearly well, well if you listen to uh pod save the world ben rhodes He's an architect of the the Iran negotiation, you know, and man, getting out of that, you'll hear stories about that. And yeah, the JCP, whatever. And yeah. like Israel is coming out now, like 
people in the Israeli government are saying that was the worst move in Israeli history to pull out of that deal. And they're like, why are you bringing it up now? And they were like, well, cause he's not in power anymore. We can say it. You know? <laughs> exactly. And, and that's the thing is it's like, you know, well, yeah, the, the ability for government to remain effective mm-hmm. hinges on the ability for people within the country to get information about what a person is doing. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is, is like, if you're getting shit information from somebody, mm-hmm. your constituents have a right to know. That's Absolutely. right. That was always my struggle. Is Donald Trump misinformed or is he seditious? Like if somebody comes in and spends two hours talking about herd immunity to me and I'm not a scientist and I have other things on my plate, maybe that's a viable thing to look into you know and everybody gets covid everybody does just fine well millions are going to die well millions are going to die with the vaccine or without the vaccine let's kill them either way you know like it's a conversation to be had it's not a viable conversation once you get into it but it's something you might look into if four people are constantly on you every day so i just never knew if he was getting bad information from seditious people or if he was searching for it because he was seditious himself and that's and honestly, it, it, it's I I would say that it's you know one part somebody wants to be a supreme leader like you know some of the people that he was trying to rub elbows mm-hmm. with and but he's also some, being told part he of is, is a supreme leader he's being told, and that's the other part. you know like he starts to believe his own Kool Aid type thing well that's and that was the other part is you know like like we've like we've talked mm-hmm. about before everybody thought that you know there was going to be this this grand reveal of you know trump being this criminal mastermind while simultaneous simultaneously being too dumb to tie his own shoelaces exactly. and it's like no he was really just too dumb to tie his own shoelaces and he had a bunch of people in the room that were much smarter than him that knew how to take advantage of him and so when he said he had all the best people he was right he had all the best people to take advantage of him. that's right and that's exactly what you saw play out in the court of law they all had their own interests in line that they were doing Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah sure i'll try and advance some of your shit but mostly they were looking out for themselves because now they had an avenue and a venue to do it that's right michael flynn took money from turkey to um you know try and get turkish needs met and that so he was in his own interests everybody was going from for their own book deal everybody was going for their own podcast right like that's why steve bannon is doing this so that people listen to his podcast that i won't even promote because i think it's disgusting i tried listening to 30 seconds of it him and marjorie taylor green i turned it off they're not normal and they're not the they're not the majority of republicans there's 10 of them right there's like 10 of them exactly exactly and that's the thing is is that you know when you have a group of people that are willing to do that and willing to butter up somebody who thinks that you know they're buttering him up because they think he's the greatest you know it's not that they're buttering him up because they know he's a fucking dipstick and they're going to take advantage of him and then he's going to be the one that gets left footing the bill and getting you know, kind of screwed over in the public media. I'm not saying he didn't earn it. He fucking did. And he's a giant piece of shit. Yeah, He's a giant piece of shit that people took advantage of. Yeah. It's just that there were people that were far smarter than him that also knew how to take advantage of. (laughs) 
Well, I don't, and, I don't know and, about and smarter. I don't know about smarter, but they were, they were keener on certain issues. I would never call Stephen Miller intelligent, but he sure knows racism really well. You know I mean? No, that's, the thing is, is that Stephen Miller is intelligent, and that's what's scary about. I him. don't know, man. If he, I went to, he, he is actually, he is actually intelligent. He just knows, like he knows spin, and he knows how to manipulate people. It requires a certain level of intelligence, like. Once again, intelligence is a broad spectrum. It, you know, we're not talking about scientific intelligence. Interpersonal intelligence is real. And that's how people like Trump and Stephen Miller and Steve Bannon do their thing. Is like They have a level of intelligence when it comes to interpersonal relationships and working with people and getting people going that it works. You can also say the same thing about, unfortunately, Hitler. Hitler... Not a very bright individual, but he was extremely charismatic and knew how to interact with the people in order to get his will done. It takes a level of intelligence because if you're just straight fucking dumb, you don't get any of that done. <laughs> Public Access America. It's always funny because like especially because as you know libertarians we get a ton of shit even amongst other libertarians i think political philosophy is a lot like religion and where there's moments you have to go on faith and trust what somebody else is saying the main the main focus is it's like less dependence on the government because well we've seen how that's gone and you don't have to do that if you think about it in a human way you know more dependence on connections with each other but you can always bring it back to what would one human do for another what would a hundred do for a hundred people looking out for people find public access america anywhere you find your favorite podcast every sunday and thursday and join the chat on youtube at public access america every sunday noon eastern 9 a.m pacific communities looking out for community public access america history in the making, making history in the making, in the making, in the making. I think I think dumb people push ahead whether their plan is destructive or not. Like a part of intelligence is knowing the result of what you're doing is going to devastate an entire country or lift it up. Like I don't think Stephen Miller is smart because he didn't consider all of the angles. He might be smart on one angle. He knows about racism, but he doesn't know what the reaction would be. He doesn't know black people at all. He doesn't know brown people at all. He doesn't know disabled people at all. He's never interacted. So he doesn't know what could happen from the results of his racism. And that's my issue. You know what I mean? Like you know, he was, they, he was smart enough to do the calculations. Here's the thing. They lack, they lack, smart enough to do the calculations, but, but mm. the difference is, is, is that this isn't something where you're like, ah, if I do a plus B and C, I will get D. He didn't do enough of the math in order to get to the right That's spot. Right. But he did enough of the math to get far enough farther than he ever should if your goal is chaos then yes he's intelligent but they locked they locked kids in cages and the minute they did that i said we're gonna have to pay half a million migrants a lot of money in a settlement that's the first thing i thought and that's what's going on right now they just uh, the government walked away from negotiations because it's four hundred and fifty thousand to a million dollars per child that was separated that's crazy. Nobody is thinking that. But on the other hand, what we did to them was an abomination and that's not even mm -hmm. enough money. And so that's where the issue is. And Stephen Miller never came to the conclusion that in the long term, we're going to be financially screwed because of him. So his, in the end, what Donald Trump did was cost us money. 
and that's oh absolutely you know, that's what sucks, no man so they didn't they're smart oh, absolutely they're, they're smart on certain subjects but they can't imagine the pantheon of variables like other people can Ugh. they were they were smart enough to get what they got in mm-hmm. and moving in the first place because they knew that there wouldn't be the same level of ability to push back right and that's the difference their plan was to avoid the accountability set portion of that and just get the reward. it just turns out that people got fucking pissed voted in different people and then suddenly the plan didn't work anymore that's the right the plan worked the plan worked mm-hmm. just fine when it was controlled by one group of people that's right and it was an eight-year and plan that's, and that's and that's the thing yeah exactly and that was the difference is that until people got pissed off and said no this isn't going to work mm-hmm. It worked. Right. And that's what people need to realize. This is that, so like this, this conversation on whether or not he was smart enough, it was an eight year plan and it worked. He just didn't think that, you know, number one, what would happen would end up costing them the house. Right. And I think Trump's eight year plan didn't fall in line with the Republicans 40 year plan. Like he was the idiot to get them over the finish line in their 40 year plan. But I think Trump's eight year plan was something different. (laughs) And so he only got four years because he fucked up their plan by his selfish greed. And even then he only got two years because he fucked up royally. Uh The house basically, you know, he lost the house right. and, and rightfully so, you know, and, and now, unfortunately, what we're watching is we're watching the Democrats who had this great idea and that they were going to have all this stuff taken care of. <laughs> Their four year plan became a two year plan, became a one year plan. And now they don't have a fucking plan. Again. Right. They have a, a Republican so, in, in their caucus. I get it. So, you know, basically now their plan is hold on to the house, hope to God they can win some seats in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if not, you know, it's basically, you know, going to look like bullshit, like every other fucking election. If, if you're trying and, and we're going to be, if you're trying to scale a cliff and you get one hand on the top, that doesn't mean you're successful, right? You got to keep pulling. You got to keep pulling. Look, we got, we, I say we, like I'm a Democrat, but I'm not a Republican and there's an issue. Well, actually I want to say I tweeted I want to be the part of the party that Liz Cheney is. I don't know what that is. I think she is freaking awesome. And I like Liz Cheney, you know, and I don't like, I don't care. She's fiscally responsible. She's pro-life. I can get past all that because she's reasonable and she's law abiding. And I like that. So I'm not opposed to being a Republican if it's a Liz Cheney Republican, but I would call, I would call like Liz Cheney and Matt Kinzinger, um, classical republicans in Mm -hmm. that they were you know before you know i would i would put them more back towards like post nixon uh reagan ish but not quite hw bush or w right reagan without the malice george bush without the intellectual deficiencies (laughs) i mean so, you know, but I mean, one of the things that we have to keep in mind is, is that, you know, what was it? Liz Cheney voted with Trump 93% of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, it, you know, and, and Kinzinger, I want to say he was in the same realm. So it's not like, 
you know, Kinzinger and, and Cheney vote for Republican policies. It's just that they also yeah. happen to not be whacked out fucking conspiracy theorists. That's right. That's that's and that's really about their only. That's really about the only fucking differentiation. Well, nobody is two. complaining about the stuff that Trump got passed through the House and the Senate. You know, like it was mm-hmm. standard Republican things. He wasn't trying to pass laws to kill people, right? It was his executive orders. It was his loud mouth. It was his Twitter fucking declarations. We had an issue with look he would have gotten his eight-year plan and republicans would have gotten past their 40-year plan trump had just shut his mouth and let them use him as a puppet but he he had to be trump about it and he fucked it all up and now they're looking for an intelligent trump that will shut his mouth like a mike pence that'll just sit there like a roll of paper towels and let them just use him you know like i was like i was telling um Debbie and Emily, I said, honestly, like with the way things are going with the Democrats right now and how how fucked that is, especially this after this morning where, you know, Manchin made it clear that he's not voting for build back better. So that's going to fucking die. He didn't like he, honestly he was clear the entire time he wasn't oh. going to pass it. It was just Democrats hope. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> right. I said, but honestly, like what I said was, is that if you had like a Mitt Romney and a Liz Cheney run together, I hate to say it. But, you know, if they could actually get the GOP nomination, unfortunately, I honestly think they would beat the Democrats. And and that's not because the Democrats don't have that focus on people. It's that people are seeing the Democrats do what they're doing and they like the direction that it's going. But the Democrats apparently don't even like the direction it's going. So they won't do anything to actually, you know, fulfill their campaign promises or, you know, make sure that the constituents that they said they were going to look out for are actually being looked out for. And with with those issues at hand, I honestly think that it's not going to look good in the House come 2022 unless they can get a big win, you know, right before the election hits. And the Senate, well, that's going to be a fucking disaster, too. I honestly like this isn't great. Like, but like I said, if if you had a Liz Cheney and a Mitt Romney run together, I don't think that it would be close. I don't, I think it'd be a fucking landslide and they would win the election period. End of story. Not a big fan of Mitt Romney, to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of either of them either, (laughs) but, but I'm, but watching what I'm watching, I hate to say it. Like people ain't exactly thrilled with Biden right now either. Like, like I'm trying to remember what was his, what was his approval rating at? I want to say he's 4% right now. Yeah. And what was, what was Trump at? 41, 45, somewhere right in there. He was at a low, his lowest was 33 and the av- the base is 40. So being underwater under, yeah. like somebody said, there's, hasn't been a president to get under 40%. Your base is 40%. Your base will give you that popularity. So anything over 40 is your actual popularity. Yeah. And so like, that's the that's the scary part in all of this is is that mm-hmm. whether people are not people want to realize it or not, Biden barely has a better approval rating than Trump, and that's fucking scary. People, people want because 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 voters are going to swing back to Republicans. It's like, did we not watch twenty fifteen through twenty twenty play out? Mm-hmm. Like, well, that was garbage. People are upset about every. I hear this all the time. We're frustrated with the pandemic, and. It's not over. Here comes Omicron. We're just tired. We need, but 
changing the president isn't going to change the fact that the these viruses are still here this this president is attempting to fight it where others aren't but i think the real right. the real issue is you need to do the things that donald trump promised not wanted once he got elected you need to address the things that donald trump promised to the lgbt community to to everyone else to a better economy but you also like donald trump have to address Donald Trump, uh, Joe Biden ran on being the healer of the nation, right? You need to address mm -hmm. the situations like Donald Trump did. You need to be on TV every day giving your opinion about the situation, every situation like Donald Trump did, but a reasonable opinion. You can't ignore it. When, when voting rights comes up and you're saying, no, build back better first, bitch, nobody likes you. We need our voting rights. That's the issue down here. You know what I mean? Not passing your bill. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And so there's a, or, there's a disconnect. Or, the student, or student loan forgiveness. Or student I loan mean, forgiveness. Like, let's be realistic. Build, build Back Better is not going to happen. You know, I know what the next best thing is to help get more money moving in the actual economy? Student loan forgiveness. People who are not going to have to pay on student loans are going to be spending money out in their community. Yeah, but he let that pass. Doing shit that they need to... Now, he keeps saying that, uh, you know, student loan discussions are still on the table. And, and in all honesty, if if that doesn't happen by 2022, by the elections, mm -hmm. you're going to see a fucking beating, especially if Build Back Better isn't happening either. Yeah. It's not going to look pretty. It's not. and But he's not addressing the issues that matter to us. Critical race theory. No. He never came out and sat down and talked about what that really is. And that's what Trump would do. And so you, oh, you have to be that trump version but a reasonable version of because biden isn't the democrat he's he's a purple he's a purple you know he's a, and so biden is a biden is a pure centrist. so Let's he can, he can speak from a centrist point of view a reasonable point of view about what's happening but people these days want to know what to think and for some reason mm -hmm. they want to get that from the president and the last president told them what to think but he told them what he wanted them to think. Joe Biden needs to tell people what to think and where to go get the information for themselves. He needs to do this daily on subjects that are happening in Milwaukee and Georgia and California and Massachusetts. He needs to address these micro issues with his pulpit every day. You know, mm. that's what I think. Anyway. And, yeah. And, and, the thing is, is that I think that there are plenty of ways that he could do it. And I mm -hmm. honestly think that if Biden were to do this with a weekly address and sit down and it's like, Hey, you know, let's talk about where we're at. Let's talk about where we're going. Let's talk about what our, right. what, what we would like to do. And, and here's our reasoning why, mm -hmm. you know, there's a, we live in an, we live in an age now. It's like, you know, Roosevelt did this through fireside chats and people tuned in every week That's for right. it. and had more national pride than ever before. I think that there's a way that you could essentially do the same thing now. It's it's not that it's not possible. You don't need to completely hijack the airwaves with it these days. Right. But but you but the difference is 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 that you have the ability to put the information out there at least and he's not doing that and it's not helping his cause. That's right. You know how many people, you know, with with this whole issue with Mansion in West Virginia, you know, if Biden put out more information for West Virginians, mm -hmm. And those West Virginians then were to write Joe Manchin and say, look, you know, we're supporting this. Then it's just Joe Manchin looking like a fucking prick. That's right. Bernie Sanders said, I will pay for the poll. 
you know, like let's, let's poll your people and see if they want lower prescription costs, you know? Yes, of course they do. Right. So it's not, I don't know, Joe Manchin, the pharmaceutical company dumped this year, $300 billion into lobbying. If you don't think that affected Joe Manchin on some level, you're just fooling yourself. Or the coal industry. <laughs> yeah. or Yes. And so, you know, that's what it is. Absolutely. Well, the fact that you've got, you got people saying that, you know, Joe Manchin's meeting with Republicans, you got, people uh-huh. saying he Joe did Manchin's in Texas with coal industry. Like the reality is, and you got, you've got literal, you've got literal ads in favor of Joe Manchin coming out of the Republican party. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, dude. Like, I, like let you know either 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 have west virginians tell joe manchin what they want that's right and let joe manchin you know screw himself with that that's right or you need to start putting out the information in a better way in which you know people are going to be very clear as to what they're getting i i I think i think the issue with build back better is that it is everything i think i told i i tweeted pramila Jayapal this your your senator or your you know representative honestly why not pull the the child tax credit out make it its own bill and try and pass it and have them say no and then why not do that with elder care why not do that with climate change why does it all have to be in one big bill why why haven't you just spent this year passing single little bills that would pass you know and that's the thing is is like like the child like the child tax credit mm-hmm. would absolutely pass with bipartisan support yeah. why because republicans would see hey we're not taking tax money away from people as it stands right. great cool let's do that you know democrats would be like cool this is a great social policy it'll cut child poverty it's supposed to cut child poverty in half right according to their research Republicans get less taxes. Democrats get a social policy. Great. Moving on. What's the next piece of legislation? Mm-hmm. But when you throw all of this crap together, like I get why they want to, why they want to force some of this stuff through. Me too. But the reality is, is, is that when you have this much of a divided Congress, you don't have much choice other than take your wins where you can get them. That's right. And find them. That's right. Incremental change is better than no change at all. You know? And that's about what they're going to get is no change at all. Mm-hmm. But they can say they tried and they can use Republicans as the cudgel to can, say they didn't get can it they, done. Can they say they, I mean, that's the thing is it's like you can sit down and say, well, the Republicans didn't, the Republicans didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what else did you try? Exactly. And when they sit there and go, uh, uh. exactly. And the Republicans do the same shit. They're like, uh-huh. well, the Democrats wouldn't. Okay, well, what else did you try? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You... you and I think people are getting tired of these giant fucking omnibus bills as well, uh-huh. where, where it's like, why the fuck is this in here? And what else is in there? Exactly. And, and, and realistically, you know, I can understand why people are fucking tired of that because there's stuff getting slipped into some of these bills that don't make any fucking sense. Uh-huh. And, and, and some of them are, I would argue are just straight up heinous. Like there was a few things that the Republicans managed to slip into some of their bills. And I'm like, what the fuck? How does that have to do anything with fucking spending? That's right. That's right. And then other things that are just totally mean. So, but I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening to Public Access America. This has been our Sunday episode. Tune in next Thursday for a great episode with Corbin from the Peace and Purpose podcast. And Adam has a beard. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace.
peace and security. We support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. Sunday live streams on YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Twitter. Apple Podcasts. Stitcher Stitcher Radio 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 Public. And Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.